All right, Jabose, good morning. Let us let us begin. Let's begin by thanking our sponsors for today's shear. Again, Chevron Zoom, you still hear me all right? Okay, excellent. Good. Not sure why I'm not. All right, so uh, Ari, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. To thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Tishrei, Avram and Shane D. Kelman for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drushos this month in memory of their beloved parents. To thank Jack Bennett for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drushos this month in memory of Givati Brigade First Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport and Dr. Linda Weinberg for dedicating the Shi'urim this month in memory of her husband, Dr. Paul Weinberg Peretz Moshe Ben Avram David. To thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Iron Miriam Grossman in commemoration of the art site, I don't, I don't think, maybe just play with the volume. Thank you. In commemoration of the art site of Iris' father, Melvin Grossman, we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. And I will say with that, let us begin. So we have the incredible Zuchus today to Amir Sashem begin the third parak of Mesechas Beya. And Amir Sashem today's daf is Chof Dalit 24. We are going to pick up Amir Sashem at the Mishnah on 23b. The Mishnah says as follows. Says the Mishnah. Send me, thank you. You're working? Okay, try it. All right, so the Mishnah says as follows. The Mishnah explains eight... How's that? And I think it's, I think, I think there's something with the volume setting. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll speak louder. Says the Mishnah, The Allah is that one is not permitted to go ahead and trap a fish from Bivarim. Rashi points out over that Bivarim refers to a fish pond. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Now this is incredibly important. Now remember, the Mishnah is introducing us to this idea that not every malacha that falls into the category of Ochal Nefesh is permitted on Yom Tif. So if we look at Rashi, Rashi says, for example, in sudden dogim, afagav the shechita va'afia ubishal miyavos malachos. Even though again, baking, cooking, shechita are all malachos, are all malachos, v'hutshu l'tzorech yamtiv, and nevertheless they are all permitted on yamtiv. Taima mishum diafshar me'erav yamtiv, the shechita chayish l'michmar b'sra peyischam v'yasriach. Well, so this is incredible. So says the Mishnah, or says Rashi, the idea is that on Yom Tiv, the heter for Ochal Nafesh is for the type of Malacha, which could not have been done before Yom Tiv with the same qualitative results. But if something could have been done before Yom Tiv with the same qualitative results, then there is no heter to perform that malacha on Yom Tiv. So for example, shechita, right? You can't shecht an animal, remember, it's before refrigeration. You shecht an animal out of Yom Tiv, so by the time Yom Tiv comes, there is the possibility of spoilage. But alocha lemaisa is something like trapping. Trapping could be done on Erev Yom Tiv with the same qualitative results. Because of that, halacha lemaisa, there's no reason to permit that malacha on Yom Tiv itself. So for example, they're dealing with fish. So if you wanted to go ahead and trap a fish out of Yom Tiv, keep it in water. In other words, you can keep it alive, because obviously keeping it alive you know, provides the freshness. But Lamaisa, there's no need to allow for the trapping itself on Yom Tiv, 
because the trapping could have been done before Yomtiv with the same qualitative results. So it says the, that's why the Mishnah says, You can't trap a fish on Yomtiv. You can't trap a fish. Nor can you go ahead and feed the fish. Rashi says over here, Supposedly so this is very interesting. You can't feed fish on Yamtiv because the fish could go ahead and care for themselves. Even according to the Hatter that says that you're allowed to engage in Ochal Nefesh for Behemus, that's only when the obligation for Mizonos is upon you. But if the animals are capable of sustaining themselves, then you're not permitted to feed them on Yamtiv. So the Rashi assumes over here that the fish, this is not talking about fish in your fish tank, right? This is talking about fish out in the, in the water. Lamaisa could scavenge for themselves. Aval, Sodin But what can you do? You can go ahead and literally trap a chaya or an oaf that are in some type of bivarin. I will say bivarin literally means like an enclosure. Now what this is referring to over here is if you have an animal that essentially is already halachically considered to be trapped on yamtiv. Again, we'll define the parameters of that. But if the animal is already trapped as of yamtiv, even though again, it still has some level of mobility, you are permitted to go ahead and specifically or physically trap it on yamtiv itself. You can go ahead and feed them as well. Now, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, So we're going to see, for example, you could have an animal that is trapped in an enclosure, but the animal, again, still has mobility. That type of animal, you're permitted to go ahead and capture on Yomtev itself, because since the animal is in an enclosure, it is halachically considered to be trapped already. Again, the parameters of that we'll have to see in the Gemara. Reb Shilom says, not all enclosures are the same. This is the rule. Top of Chavtalib. Literally, Reb Shilom says, here's the rule. Any animal that is already trapped can be further trapped on Yomtiv. Any animal that's not trapped cannot be trapped on Yomtiv. Again, we'll see exactly what that means. But the point over here that I want to, dr- that I want to drive home, which is an incredible chiddish of our Mishnah, is up until now we've been operating with the idea that Ochel Nefesh allows for the performance of Malacha on Yomtiv. What our Mishnah introduces us to is the concept that if a Malacha could have been done before Yantiv with the same qualitative results. There is no hefter to perform that malacha on Yantiv. So the paradigmatic example of that is going to be trapping fish. You could have trapped the fish on Erev Yantiv, kept it in the water, kept it alive because obviously freshness is an element over here. But since you could have gone ahead and trapped it on Erev Yantiv, therefore Allah Lamaisa. No heter to trap on Yomtiv. Good. Says the Gimara Urmini. Urmini will ask a question. If you have an enclosure. Bivarin is like a, like a pen. Right? But an enclosure. For a chaya and for an oaf. You are not permitted to further trap an animal even though it's in that enclosure on Yomtiv. Furthermore, you can't go ahead and feed them. To which the Gemara says, Kashe chaya chaya, kashe ofos ofos. I will say, that price directly contradicts our Mishnah. Because what did our Mishnah say? Our Mishnah said, you are permitted to trap 
a chaya and an oaf that is in an enclosure. Right? Ramesh said explicitly you're allowed to. Yet the Brisa said, you're not allowed to. So what's going on over here? So Bishlama Chaya Achaya Lokashia. So we'll say it's not a contradiction regarding Chaya. Now remember again, just to define our terms, Chaya, Chaya and Ov are a bit more unique than Behema. Behema is a domestic animal, right? Chaya is a non-domestic animal. Ov, obviously fowl or birds. Says the Gemara, it's not a contradiction. I'll tell you why. Bishlama Chaya Chaya Lokashia. Harabi Huda Harabanon, two different opinions. This nan, Rabbi Huda Omer, Hatsad Tsipor Lemigdal, Utsvi Labayis, Chayif. Rabbi Huda says that Allah if you go ahead non Shabbos, if you trap a bird in a Migdal, in a tower, or you go ahead and you trap a deer in a home, Chayif. Your Chayif, remember, just to be clear, Tseda, Tseda, hunting slash, tra- it's really trapping, is one of the 39 Malachos. So therefore, again, Rabbi Huda holds, if you go ahead and you trap a bird in a migdal, in a, in a tower, or a tzvi, or a deer into a home, you're chayif. To which the Gemara says, Labayis Hudim When do you see that you're chayif? Only if you go ahead and you trap a deer in a home. Now we'll say, what's the difference between trapping a deer in a home versus bivarin? What's the difference? What do you think? So the difference is accessibility, right? The home is a much more constricted area versus the bivarin, which is a much larger area. So you see, Rabbi Huda is of the opinion that one is only in violation of the malacha of tzeda, not if simply one chases an animal into a confined area, but a significantly confined area. Aval bivarin low. But if you were to just go ahead and put the chase the deer into into a bivarin, into a pen, or into an enclosure, well, pen is the wrong word, enclosure, then one would not be high for tzedah, which I will say tells you that if you put a tzvi in a bivarin, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a enclosure, that the tzvi is not considered trapped. Well, again, I will remember again, it's two sides of the same coin. If you're not chayiv on Shabbos, it also means that what? You can't really do it on yamtiv. Right, because remember again, trapping is only permitted on yamtiv when, when, well, so actually that's a misleading statement. Trapping is not permitted on yamtiv, but when are you permitted to go in and capture the animal? When the animal is already considered to have been trapped slash caught prior to yamtiv. Chachamim say no. That it's while it's true that a bird is considered to be trapped once you go ahead and you chase it into the migdal. Ultimately, again, the deer, the tzvi, is once it gets into the garden or into the chatzar or into the bivarin. Ela ofos ofos kasha. But how do you reconcile the contradiction regarding birds? They would say it's not a contradiction. One is talking about a roofed enclosure. That's where the birds are trapped. And one is talking about an unroofed enclosure. That's where the birds are trapped. To which the Gemara says, Avaha bayis de ke bibar mikura dummy. But yet a home is like a, 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 a roofed enclosure. Or ben rabihud ben rabbanon. Sipar the migdal in the bayis low. And yet we see both, according to both opinions, the bird is only considered to be trapped when? When it's in a migdal. But not when it's in a bayis. Even though the bayis has a roof. Omer abarafuno. Hacha b'tzipar durar askinon. Well, say, so what kind of bird are we dealing with over here? A tzipar durar. What's a tzipar durar? She'ena mekabelas moros. 
besides the type of bird ultimately again that does not accept mastery. Not accept mastery. Look at Rashi. It's almost right across in Rashi. But see words were Shebara Babayas Kibisada. This type of bird is able to live in the house as it is to live out in the field. Sheodas Lihishamit Bizavios Habayas. It knows how to hide itself in the corners of the home. Excuse me. We'll say, if you think about this, by the way, it's such an incredible use. So, Tripur Duror, right? Ukrasa Duror La'aretz. By Yobel, the Torah used the Lushan. Duror means freedom. Duror means freedom. So, Tripur Duror is a free bird, right? Free bird. Namely, it could live anywhere. So we'll say, so therefore the Gemara says over here, by Tzipor Durar, that type of bird, even if it's in the home, may not be considered to be trapped because Halacha it could go ahead and hide all of the corners. We'll say, it's an incredible uh, Musa Haskell in that also. What's the definition of freedom? What is the definition of freedom? It's the ability to go ahead and live anywhere. We'll say, meaning what? The ability of true, the definition of true freedom is the ability to adapt to any circumstance. You see, very often what happens in life is that we go ahead and we assume that we can only thrive, right? We can only thrive and we can only exist in certain situations, in certain circumstances. But Lamay says, as soon as optimal circumstances are not there, we use that as an excuse to absent ourselves from life accomplishment. What's the tzipor durar? What's freedom? What's real freedom? If I'm a ben chorin, which we all like to think that we're a ben chorin, what does it mean to be a ben chorin? Pia ben chorin means you can live anywhere, right? Which means you could thrive and you could find a way to maximize your ability under any and all circumstances. So it says the Gemara. So the Gemara goes right there. So it becomes good. The Tanit Dvei Rabbi Shmuel Lama Nikrashmat Sipor Durar. Why is it called? Good, we did that. So the Gemara says Hashda the Asus Lahalchi. Now that we've explained this, Chaya Achaya Nami Lokasha. The truth is, when it comes to a Chaya, right? When it comes ultimately again to a right, the contradiction regarding animals. It's also not a contradiction. Ha Bebivar Katan Ha Bebivar Gadol. One is talking about a large enclosure. One is talking about a small enclosure. To which the Gemara says, by the way, Hechi Dami Bivar Katan. What does that mean, a small enclosure? So the, I'm sorry, Hechi Dami, Hechi Dami Bivar, Hechi Dami Bivar Katan, Hechi Dami Bivar Gadol. Amravashi, Kol Hecha, this is actually very helpful because now we'll actually get a definition. Kol Hecha Derahit Abasra, Umati Lebechad Shachya Bivar Katan. The Idach Bivar Gadol. Let's listen to this. A large, a small enclosure is when you could go ahead and run after the animal and catch the animal in one step. In one step, right? A large enclosure is where it'll take you a couple of steps. Good. Says Or the other possibility is when the enclosure has a lot of corners. And we'll say, now what's the chap if there are a lot of corners? A lot of places for the animal to hide. So if there's a lot of places for the animal to hide, that's called a large enclosure. The idach bivar katan, inami, kolhecha denafli tula de kasli ahadadi bivar katan, the idach bivar katan. The other possibility we'll say is, literally, when the shadow of the walls overlap each other, that is called a bivar katan. Which we'll say, so again, you hear the imagery? In other words, if the shadows of the walls overlap, that means the walls are very close to each other. That's called the Vivar Katan. But at the end of the day, 
if the shadows of the walls do not overlap, that's called a bivar gadol. Good. So we'll say so again, a bunch of different definitions. We'll say again, the, the operative principle, just keep in mind the operative principle, is that halacha lamaisa, the only way to go ahead and quote-unquote trap an animal on Yom is how, how can you trap an animal? The real answer is you can't, right? But again, what allows you to go ahead, but what allows you to engage in a, we'll call it a semi-act, an act of semi-trapping is if the animal is halachically considered trapped already prior to yamtiv. Again, Rashi HaKadosh explaining to us why? Because the heter ochal nafesh is only for malachos which cannot have been done before yamtiv with the same qualitative results. But anything that could have been done before yamtiv with the same qualitative results may not be done on yamtiv itself. Trapping is one of those malachos which could have been done before yamtiv. Therefore, you don't have to have the animal in hand before Yamtiv, but Allah so what has to happen? The animal has to be halachically trapped before Yamtiv. So the fish has to be trapped. The Chaya, the oath have to be trapped. So the Gemara says this house, said, not all enclosures are the same. So remember again, Rav then essentially went on and said that essentially the animal has to be trapped, right? That, that's, the, that's, the, that's the rule. In other words, Rabbi Shilililil says, instead of getting into what, what kind of trap works, what kind of trap doesn't work, when it's, it's a very simple rule. The animal has to effectively be trapped prior to yamtiv. Says the Gemara, Right? says, as long as the animal is not mechusr tzeda, as long as it's not, literally translated means, as long as it's not missing trapping, which means it's trapped, halacha so you can use it. Says the Gemara, Amr Abai, halacha b'chlal depligi, but we say first wide line, chavdala ramadalif. Abai said, oh, one second. The fact that you have to say halacha like Rabbi Shemuel, that sounds like maybe someone's arguing on that. Amr lei, umay nafka lachamina. So he said, what does it matter to you if somebody's arguing? In other words, we'll say, what does it matter? We just said halacha fals Rabbi Shemuel, leave it alone. To which the Gemara Gimara Zamar Zamartatehe is Gimara simply a song? Is Gimara simply a song? And we'll say, now what does that mean? So remember again, what you have over here is you have Rav Yosef saying in the name of Rav Yehuda, saying, I'm sorry, you have Rav Yosef saying in the name of Rav Yehuda that Halacha Lamaisa, that Halacha Fazrab Shem Gamil. Abaye says back, if you need to make a declarative statement that Halacha follows someone, that indicates to us what? What? that someone else is arguing. To which Rav Yosef essentially says, what does it matter? I, in other words, who cares who, someone's arguing, someone's not arguing. I just told you the halacha falls of Shem Gamliel. To which Abayi responded, do you think Gemara is just the song that it doesn't matter who the other opinion is? So what Abayi was saying was like this, and this is really an incredible yisod. Does it make a difference to the bottom line if someone is arguing on Rav Shem Gamliel? It doesn't make a difference to the bottom line because Allah follows him. But ultimately, again, what Abai is saying is, in life, what's incredibly important is clarity. You see, when you sing a song, you don't need clarity. Why? Because what happens when you sing a song? What happens when you sing a song? What happens if you don't know a word in a song? Hamid, right? And it doesn't matter. And the truth is, it actually doesn't matter. The song could be just as beautiful. So when you sing the song, you don't know it, you don't know a stanza, you don't know a line, hum it, make it up, move your lips, whatever you need to do. But as long as you have the nigan, it doesn't really matter. Abai says, that's not Torah. That's not Torah. You see, with Zmiris, 
a little bit of ambiguity is just fine. You don't know a word, not a problem. The zemer is still beautiful. In Torah, ambiguity is the antithesis of what it is we're trying to accomplish. So we'll say the entire pursuit of Torah is the pursuit of clarity in life. Why do I learn Torah? Why do I learn Torah? Besides that, Cheshbaruch Hu commanded me to. And besides that, it's the most enjoyable thing in the world. At the end of the day, I learn Torah because I want clarity in life. Because there's so much gray in the world. Because there's so much ambiguity. Because there are so many things that don't make sense. And I want life to make sense. I want me to make sense. I want the way I live to make sense. Torah dispels ambiguity. When you learn and you understand and you hop, then you begin to see the world, you begin to see life, and you begin to see yourself with clarity. Because the Rabbi says, I need clarity. I need clarity. Which Rabbi tells you something amazing. You know, so often in life, we live with ambiguity. Right? You know, I, I, I think for those of you who are doing the Smichas Chavah program, and have the opportunity to learn like halacha with clarity. We realize that, especially in halacha, there are so many things in life we walk through. We're like, I think this is okay. I think this is okay. And I, but and so much of our Yiddishkeit is like iffy. I, I heard this. I learned this. I mentioned this. I read about this. And we kind of play so much of a guessing game with so much of what we do. And same thing in our Avodah Sashem. Am I taking the right path? Not taking the right path? Is this the right derech? Not the right derech? The goal in life is clarity. And clarity only comes from Torah. Zmiris, you're fine with ambiguity. Torah, life, clarity. Says the Gemara, So what's considered to be missing trapping? So we'll say a very simple rule. If you have to say bring the trap so we could trap the animal, that means that what? That means that what? Animal's not trapped. Good. That's a that's a pretty straightforward one. So the Gemara says, "Abaye v'ha'avzin v'tarnagolin sha'omrim haba mitzuda v'nitzudeno." But yet again, here's a good example: chicken and geese, chicken and geese, or chicken and ducks, right? Where often a person will say that the animals might be in an enclosure, and a person will say, "Ah, bring the trap." V'tanya hatzad avzin v'tarnagolin v'yoni hadrasios or hardarsios. Sorry, Potter. But yet we learned that if you trap geese or chickens or, or Herodian pigeons, you putter, because these animals are considered to be trapped already. It's say very interesting. It depends. Does an animal automatically come back to its coop at night? An animal which automatically comes back to its coop at night is considered to be trapped. An animal that doesn't automatically come back to its coop at night is mechusr tzedah. Is You hear the incredible Musa in that? What's the definition of being trapped? What's the definition of being trapped? Always coming back to your coop. Sometimes in life we always revert back to the same exact habits. We fall into patterns of behavior which we cannot break. We constantly come back to the coop. So during the day I'm out and about, I'm doing my thing. It looks like I have control over my life. But then at the end of the day, I always come back to the coop. I always come back to the same place. I always come back to the same behaviors. And the Gemara says, if you do that, you're trapped. 
That's not so, right? Such, such, such an animal, such a creature that always comes back to the same coop and is unable to break the habits of life. It's the paradigmatic example of being trapped. Such an incredible yisod. I says the Gemara Bahari Yoni Shovach, the Yoni Aliyah, the Bon Lekluvan La'ere, but yet, again, doves that live in a dove coat, and ultimately, Yoni Aliyah literally are doves which live in the attic. Attic doves. Ultimately, which come back to their, which come back to their coop. But yet we learned that if you go ahead and trap any of these birds, ultimately again, you're going to be chayiv. Oh, it's not just that they come back to the, uh, to the coop. They come back to the coop and they're reliant on a human master for food. But coming back to the coop, but not being dependent on the human master for food, ultimately, again, is, is not considered to be trapped. But it's an incredible yisod also. So ultimately, again, Rav Mari says, what does it mean, Hani Avud If you look at the first white line of Rashi, Hani Avidi Rabuye, Yoni Shovach Asuin Lehishamit Livrok Nemene Adam. We'll say, interestingly enough, apparently it's not even just going ahead and coming back to the coop or being dependent ultimately again on the human master for food, but when they're in the coop, do they still try to flee from the master? So these types of birds try to flee even when they're inside the enclosure. Others, the, the, the Gemara says, Vahani Lo Avidi Rabuye, to which the Gemara says, Kulhu nami avidi the rabuye le kluvan kamrinon. I'm sorry. Vahani lo avidi the rabuye. Kulhu nami avidi the rabuye le kluvan kamrinon. David the rabuye. So we'll say, interesting enough. I but all birds don't all birds go ahead and try to fly away when somebody tries to capture them. To which the Gemara says, you're right. It depends. Once they're already in the coop, do they still try to fly? So again, the Gemara makes a chilik between birds that are in the coop and in the coop and try to fly, and birds that are in the coop and no longer try to fly. I will say just, you know, it's interesting, by the way, just B'derech HaShkafa, that first the Gimara says a trapped bird is one that always goes in and comes back to the coop, okay? And then the Gimara adds in the caveat, it comes back to the coop, and it's dependent ultimately, again, on its master for food. Which I will say, again, going back, going back with our... With this, that going back to the coop ultimately represents constantly reverting back to the same habits in life. That's called trap. What does it mean being dependent on the master for food? That sometimes in life we're dependent on the approval of others, which is an incredible use. So, so often in life, whether we realize it or not, we need other people to approve of who we are, of what we are, and what we do. And that's also being trapped, right? When your life success is dependent on some type of, of human approval, and sometimes, you know, everybody wants to know that they're appreciated and that they're recognized and that someone is in their corner and, lead and, and you know, and cheering for them. But we have to be so careful to ha- who we need approval from, from and what we need approval for. If the Mizonos has to come from the master, that's also called being trapped in life. All right, the says, that brings an end to that Mishnah. Now, again, we're not finished with the Sugi yet, but Lamaisa, the principles of Shem Gamliel's principle. That, that's, why, that's why the Gemara says, which essentially says, the animal needs to be trapped before young. As you begin to see from this discussion, the definition of being trapped ultimately will depend animal to animal. 
Good. Says the Mishnah. Mitsudos chayva of the dagim shasam erev yamtiv lo yitomehem biyamtiv. Was a very interesting case. So now imagine the following scenario. You're going ahead, and you have traps. You have traps that are put out erev yamtiv. So mitsudos chayva of the dagim. So you have traps for chayva of dagim shasam erev yamtiv. You laid the traps ready erev yamtiv lo yitomehem biyamtiv. Now, let's say you put out the traps out of Yamtiv. Yamtiv morning, you're coming home from Shul. You check the traps. And what do you find in the trap? Bar Hashem, an animal. What's Talacha? You can't use that animal on Yamtiv. Now, why can't you use the animal on Yamtiv? Why not? Why not? Because it's possible he was trapped on Yamtiv. Again, the only way for you to use the animal in that trap is if you know for sure it was trapped on Erev Yamtiv. But if you don't know it was trapped on Erev Yamtiv, then Allah Alamaisi can't use it on Yamtiv. One time a particular Gentile brought fish to Rabbi Gamil on Yamtiv. Rabbi Gamil says, technically speaking, the fish is mutter. However, I don't want to accept the fish from this guy. Rashi says, why doesn't he want to accept the fish from this guy? Shani son o. I hate him. Right? I hate him, right? So when we all says, I'm not taking the fish, but nothing to do with halacha. It just has to do with, I don't like the guy, so I don't want to take a gift from him. Okay, we'll see there. We'll see exactly what's going on over there. Says the Gemara, my solicitor. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. The story sounds like it's contradicting the halacha. Right? What was the halacha? If you find an animal in your trap on Yom Tiv, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? You can't use it. Why not? Why not? Suffolk that it was trapped yesterday. Ah, and there was a story of a guy who brought Rabbi Gamliel a fish on Yom Tiv. Rabbi Gamliel says, it's mutter, but I hate you, so I'm not taking it. What's, what's the pshat? Siddhimara says, Valki katani, suffolk muchan asr. Well, so listen to this. If you have a suffolk, if you have a suffolk, if the animal was, mucha means prepared, meaning if the animal was already trapped on Erev Yom Tiv. So I don't know, I don't know. Was the animal trapped on Yom Tiv, trapped on Erev Yom Tiv? A suffolk ultimately is asr. Look at Rashi just a moment. Suffolk muchan kilomar vezusha marna lo yitomehen suffolk dahinu suffolk muchan vesuffolk muktsa vaaser vaaser lav divriyakoli ela plukte rabbi gamliel yoshur. We'll say we're going to see essentially. By the way, what you have over here is a suffolk muktsa, which is very interesting. We're being marked with a suffolk muktsa because muktsa is what. So this is a situation of being machmer with a suffix moksa, which again we'll talk about. But the idea the Gemara is saying is, if you have an animal that was trapped and you don't know, was it trapped Erev Yamtiv, was it trapped on Yamtiv, it's a suffix, halacha lemaisa, you have to go ahead and you have to assume that the suffix is aser. To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Gamliel Matir, Rabbi Gamliel says, suffix, suffix muchan is going to be mutter. Usi Gemara tells a story then to support Rabbi Gamliel's position. There was once a story of a guy who brought fish Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel said, really? The fish is mutter. Now I will say, what was the case of the fish? Suffolk muchan. Was the fish caught already Erev Yamtiv or Anyamtiv itself? That was a Suffolk. Rabbi Gamliel holds, Suffolk muchan is mutter. Ella she'in return in the Kabbali menu. The halacha does not follow Rabbi Gamliel. Namely, the halacha follows the Tanakhama, that Suffolk Muchan. If you're not sure, was the fish caught before Yom Tiv or not, the Suffolk will be Asr. Others explain, or other, others, 
Others go ahead and put the machlokis here. The Sanyo, Suffolk Muchan, Rebbe Gamliel Mater, Beshua, Oser. If you have an animal and you're not sure, was it prepared, meaning caught, trapped, on Erev Yom Tev or not? Rebbe Gamliel says it's Mutter, Beshua says it's Oser. Am Rabbi Huda, Amr Shmuel, Halacha Krabi Oshua. So the Halacha Krabi Oshua, namely, like, which is the Tanakam of our Mishnah, Suffolk Muchan is going to be Oser. The Iga Damasni La'aha. Others from this Brysa, this Sanyo, Amun Beis, Shochtin min hanigarim biyamtiv. You could go ahead and shecht animals from the nigarim on yamtiv. Now Rashi says, what shochtin min hanigarim? Tap Rashi. Shochtin chayos min bivarim. The fish in its odin va omdin. Vaashim shaos in sham nigre mayim. Vecharisin lishtosa chayos. Karlin nigar. What's a nigarim? Arbivarim. Arbivarim. So enclosures. You can go ahead and take an animal from an enclosure. Right, and you could shecht it on yomtiv. You could shecht it on yomtiv. Avalo minarishtos veumina mechmoros. But you can't take an animal from a net or from a trap. Rabbi Shimon Lozer Omer ba umatzan mekukalim me'erev yomtiv. Both say, listen to this. This is not talking about traps. So just if you could imagine for a moment, you have a trap, right? So I'll say, so the trap, let's assume for a moment that the way this trap is, just like a big net, animal runs into the net, net gets dislodged from its two posts and ultimately traps the animal. Imagine for a moment now, let's assume this is a big net. So let's say you can't see the two ends, right, at the same time. So you're walking on Erev Yamtiv, you're walking Erev Yamtiv, and what happens? You see one of the sides of the trap is dislodged. Which means that what? Which means that what? There's an animal trapped in there. So you're walking out. So you, you didn't see the animal at Rav Yamtiv. All you saw was one side of the trap dislodged. So we'll say that's enough. That's enough circumstantial evidence to, t- to tell you that what? The animal was already trapped at Rav Yamtiv. And ultimately, again, it's ready to go. Or ready to go. I mean, it's prepared. It's prepared. However, but if you come along and you come, you see the trap on Yomtiv, and on Yomtiv, you see one of the sides of the trap dislodged, all that tells you is what? That the animal was trapped on Yomtiv, and therefore the animal will be also. So we'll say, see what's happening over here? In this case, you don't see an animal. In this case, all you see is one side of the trap dislodged. Say, so if you see the side of the trap dislodged in Erev Yomtiv, that's enough to tell you that what? The animal was trapped on Erev Yomtiv and therefore permitted for use on Yomtiv itself. If however you only see it trapped on, you only see it dislodged on Yomtiv, then Halacha Lamaisa, you have to assume it was trapped on Yomtiv and therefore it will be Asr. To which the Gemara says, it doesn't make sense. Hagufa Kashya, you just made an inherently contradictory statement. Watch this. Amrit, on one hand, you said that if you're walking and you find a side of the trap dislodged on Erev Yamtiv, right? So again, I'm walking. I see the side of the trap dislodged. That tells me that the animal was trapped on Erev Yamtiv. Now, the reason I could assume the animal was trapped on Erev Yamtiv was right. I will say, why? Why? Because I saw the trap dislodged. In other words, on Erev Yamtiv, there's circumstantial evidence that shows that this animal was already trapped. So the Gimaras, time of the Bama Tzad Mikokalim, Hasveka, Prabhu said, let's say you come along and you don't know when the trap was dislodged. 
was it dislodged in Erev, Yamtiv, on Yamtiv, ultimately against Safek, will be Aser. Okay, so what we infer from case number one is Safek Aser. Yet, Ema Seifa, look at the Seifa, Yet we learn that if you come and you find the trap dislodged on Yamtiv, If you find the trap dislodged on Yamtiv, what does that tell you? When was it trapped? When was it trapped? On Yamtiv itself. The reason why you assume the animal was trapped on Yamtiv is why? Is why? Because you found the trap dislodged on Yamtiv. But what can you infer from that? Hasveka. Right? If you're not sure when the trap was dislodged, then what? Me'erev yamtiv nitzadu umutarin. Then you could assume that it was trapped on Erev yamtiv and it should be motiv. So we'll see, you see what's just happening over here? We just have two contradictory inferences from the Reisha and the Seifa. To which the Yomar Sahel Kamar, this is what it means to say. If you're walking on Erev yamtiv and you find the trap dislodged, Biadua shime erev yamtiv nitzadu We'll say ultimately again, if you find that trap dislodged on Erev Yamtiv, you could assume the animal was trapped as of Erev Yamtiv. Therefore, again, the animal is permitted to you on Yamtiv itself. What do we infer from that? Hasveka. But if you're not sure, if you have any doubt about when this animal was trapped, Hasveka Ultimately, again, a Safe case, you have to treat Safe as if what? As if what? As if the animal was trapped on Yamtiv, and Halacha Lamaiset will be Asr. Incredible. Amr Rav Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, Halacha, Kreb Shimon Alazar. Ultimately, again, and says Rav Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, the Halacha Fazer Shimon Alazar. Therefore, I will say again, this is actually kids' case, is very interesting. Because what the Halacha says is as follows. See, I will say, the, the novelty of Rav Shimon Alazar is what? Do you need to see the animal trapped on Erev Yamtiv? Do you need to see it? No. All you need is what? All you need is what? Circumstantial evidence that the, that the animal was trapped. So as long as on Erev Yamtiv you saw that the trap was dislodged, that's enough to tell me that the animal was trapped on Erev Yamtiv and therefore fit for use on Yamtiv. That's the Kula. What's the Khumra? The Khumra is if you're not sure, then what? Then what? You have to be Machmir and assume the animal was trapped as of when? Yamtiv and therefore prohibited from use. Incredible. So let's go back there. So the Gemara says, good. So we'll say, so remember again now, let's focus on the story. Right? So Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel, yeah. Rabbi Gamliel in the Mishnah, remember, Rabbi Gamliel holds that, that Safek Muchan is Mutter. If you're not sure when the animal was trapped, was it trapped? Erev Yamtiv, trapped Yamtiv, if you're, if you're not sure, Safek is Mutter. So yet there was a story where a guy brought Rabbi Gamliel fish. Right? It was Suffolk Muchan. Did he catch it? Did he not catch it? Rabbi Gamliel says, it's mutter, but I don't like you, so I'm not, I'm not eating it. Says the Gemara. Our mutar name. Mutarin Lamai. This is incredible. Rabbi Gamliel says that Suffolk Muchan is mutter. Suffolk Muchan mutter. If you're not sure, was the animal prepared? Right? Was it, was it trapped? Erev Yamtiv, it's going to be mutter. Mutter for what? Watch this. Mutter for what? It's incredible. Mutter Lamai. Rav Rav says it's mutter that halacha you could accept it. In other words, if somebody gives you a gift, right? Halacha you could accept it. Look at Rashi the Kabbal almost right across. Rashi says over here. Um, Rashi says the Kabbal 
You could accept it. You could accept the gift. You can't eat it. Which is another way of saying, it's not muktza. It's not muktza, right? So in other words, you can go ahead and you can move it, but you can't eat it. But Levi Amar, Levi says, no, mutarin ba'achila. Levi says, I just want to point out, it's very interesting. Remember, Rabbi Gamil says, Safek Muchan Mutter. The Gemara just said, Allah who says, Safek Muchan Aser. So, so just keep that machlokas in mind. So according to Rabbi Gamil, it says, Safek Muchan Mutter. Mutter for what? Rav says, Mutter Betzultal. You can carry it. It's not Mukta, but you can't eat it. And Levi says, You're even allowed to eat it. Rashi says, the lab this really the Fine. So Levi said, "Mutrachila." But let's say, get ready for this. This is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Amarav, Rav said, "Rav said, listen to this Gemara." The Olam al Yimane Adam Atzmo mi Beis Hamedrash Afilu Shachos. A person should never prevent himself from being in the Beis Hamedrash even for one hour. Which Rav said, let's translate that contemporarily, right? Halacha lemaisa. Don't miss sheer. Don't miss sheer. Why not? Da, uh, listen to this. Because this is Rav talking. Me and Levi, right? Me and Levi, we're in sheer with Rebbe. We're in sheer with Rebbe. Right? So one time he was giving a sheer. Right? I'm sorry. Rebbe was giving a sheer about this topic. About this topic. About Rabbi Gamliel's position by Suffolk Muchan. And what happened? In the evening, in the evening during Shir, so Rabbi said that according to Rabbi Gamliel, when we say that Safek Muchan is mutter, it means mutter ba'achila. But Safra, in the morning, Rabbi changed his mind. Amr mutarin lekabel. And Rabbi said, no, Safek Muchan, according to Rabbi Gamliel, means you're allowed to accept it. It's mutter betiltul. You can carry it, but it doesn't mean you can eat it. But I said, get ready for this. Anna, the Havi Bey Midrash Hajibi. So Rav says, you know, I was in the base Medrash. I was in the base Medrash. So I heard Rebbe change his mind. And as a result, I went ahead and changed my position as well. Levi, the law Havi Bey Midrash, law Hadribe. Levi missed Shear that morning. Levi missed Shear that morning. So because he missed Shear that morning, ultimately, again, the last thing he heard was the Shear that Rebbe went ahead and gave that night. And therefore, again, he did not retract his opinion. He kept his original opinion ultimately again about Achila. We'll say, isn't this incredible? We'll say this, this and obviously there are some people who could be Makayim this in the purest sense of always being in the base marriage. We'll say, but for the rest of us, what it means is like this. If you make a commitment to something, you make a commitment to your learning, you make a commitment to a shear, whatever it might be. This is not a plug for this shear. Whatever shear, whatever you make a commitment to, honor your commitments. Honor your commitments. There's always an excuse for not showing up. Or there's always an excuse for being late. Or there's always an excuse. There's always an excuse. If you make a commitment, honor the commitment. Whatever your sha'achas is, right? Whatever your hour is, whatever your commitment is, honor it. Honor it. And don't make excuses. Because at the end of the day, well, the truth is in general, life success is all about honoring your commitments. It's about honoring your commitments to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, about honoring your commitments to yourself.
you make a commitment in your learning, you make a commitment to the base Medrash, ultimately show up. Says the Gemara Mesvei. Let's just go, you know, we'll say, we'll have to, we'll actually, we'll stop over here. We'll pick up Emir Hashem with the rest of this story tomorrow. To be also an incredible, incredible, beautiful daft tomorrow as well. Shkoyach. Beautiful. That's just a desire. Though. Correct. This Correct. Is this, this is the Chiv. Yeah. Have a great day. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Of course. It was so nice. It's my pleasure. That was my Yantav on my weekday one, which I have here. Which one ripped? So basically what happened is I was on my Yontav one, my weekday one. I don't got this it. This is my weekday one, by the way. Is this, is this? <laughs> so now, what are you so doing? Do? <laughs> you, you don't want people to know.